Today we're talking about feelings and how we know whether or not we can trust the things we feel. Uh, Talking about whether feelings are good or bad, when we can trust those, when we should value those and, and why, and then how we put them in their proper perspective, namely kind of at the feet of God's word and our faith how to think rightly about those feelings in a way that draws us closer to Jesus and and allows him to become our fundamental reality rather than the things that we are feeling or experiencing in that moment. Hope that this one is helpful for you guys today. Okay, I just want to start by first uh, welcoming Morgan back to the podcast. I don't know, it may, may may not have been forever since you've been on, but since you and I have been together, I don't know the last time you were on, but it's been a long time since I've been on with you, so. Yeah, it's been a long time. Glad, glad yeah. to have you. Glad, Thanks. <laughs> glad you're here. Jim, I want to <laughs> welcome you back to the podcast Thank as well. Thank you. Thank you very it's much. good to have you. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, it's, it's been a it's it's been a solid week. It has been a solid been week. here with you, man. At least a half week. So, yeah, at least. Um, okay, so let me, here's what I want to do. I want to real quick just kind of frame up what we're talking about here because, you know, we're, we're talking about this idea of uh, trusting the truth over our feelings. And, and that could be taken a number of different ways, and, and that can even go a number of different directions, right? And so I kind of want to almost just start by quickly saying what we're not talking about uh, as, as a way of drawing some parameters around. And, and so that is to first say, like, we're not talking about um, never trusting your feelings. And we're not talking about things like, we're not going after empty emotionalism today. And what's wrong with the church is the church cares too much about just warm fuzzies at worship time, and they're not caring about thinking enough, and we need to be more about thinking than our emotions, and that, that's not kind of the direction I want us to be nope. talking today. Yep. Um, we'll, we'll get into a little bit more of even the value of feelings and emotions, but, but what I want to talk about is this, this thing that is, I think, pervasive in our, our culture and in our church, so much so that, that I don't even know that we recognize a lot of times that it's happening, and that is that feeling the way I feel about something or the way I feel within myself is the most fundamentally real thing to me at any yeah. given moment. Is it's the what most, we trust the most. Yes, it's, it's most fundamental to who I am mm-hmm. or it's most fundamentally the real, it's the most concrete thing that is happening in my life. It is the most, yeah. Uh, so, you know, the, I'll give kind of the, maybe the, the, the strongest or easiest example is uh, if I feel like a woman that uh, regardless of what biology or my body tells me, that's what I am. Uh, that, that would be kind of like a stereotypical, kind of like a, a big, oh yeah, we all can, can, can kind of see that and think about that. That's a big deal in our culture today. But on a smaller level, I want to even just talk about a more basic level, like if I don't feel forgiven by God, I know, yeah, I know the Bible says that Jesus forgives me, but I don't feel that that's true. And so I just, something is wrong. I don't know that God is forgiving me or, or, or man, I just feel like God is distant. Um, and I know, I know what my youth minister said about how God is always with us, but I just feel like he's not really with me. And so that, and that becomes kind of the governing reality for how I live my day yep. and how my week is going is how I feel rather than... And so this is kind of the direction I want us to be going a little bit. Well, and one of the things I like about that is that, you know, the first case that you used, everybody can look at that, but only a very few people can understand it. 
Yeah, but what you said on the second part, and the, and and a lot of people would even go, I don't understand why you can't recognize the difference between biology and your feelings. Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden, the same people that say, I don't know why you trust your feelings there, when it comes to something that hits closer to home. Yes, like I would say, like ninety percent, if not a hundred percent of the people that fill in the, fill out this room on Sunday would totally resonate with the second one. Yes. And be completely disconnected from the first one, yes. and yet it's the same thing. Yes. Yeah. So that's uh, so let me ask you guys, um, where have you, like, when you, when you were, because I think this conversation actually sprung from a conversation at staff meeting about how much we feel like we're having conversations trying to help ourselves along with our people, think mm -hmm. through reality in light of God's word and in light of what we're, our faith, more than just what we feel in the moment. So pastorally speaking, what are some examples? Where do you see these, kind of, mm -hmm. these kinds of ideas? I don't feel forgiven. Or, or maybe you can even, if you want to skip pastorally and just talk about yourself, where do you experience this the most, where it comes easy, easier to trust what I feel in the moment than what I've been told or what I know to be true? I think because of the character of God. So we talk a lot about repentance and believing. And I remember the first time we talked about that, Jim said, so does everybody understand what we're talking about? A several years ago. And everybody on staff, including me, is like, yeah, of course we know what we're talking about. He said, okay, I'm going to split you up into groups, and you guys are going to practice doing this repentance and belief cycle thing. And I, I was paired with a lady on staff, and we went, and I said, I don't know what I'm supposed to say to you. <laughs> she said, what? And I said, oh, I told Jim I knew what I was saying, and I thought I did, but I really like him. And I was trying to think of what's going on in my life that's wrong. Um, and so we went back to, to staff meeting afterwards to kind of debrief, and uh, Scott Irwin, uh, Jim said, so did any of you guys have trouble with that? And Scott Irwin goes, yeah, I mean, I had so many things I needed to repent of. And I was like, oh, my goodness, something is wrong with me. I've been following Jesus for a long time, but I don't know what this means. And Jim said, you know, it's kind of something you have to learn to do. You have to swim around in it and learn to have this um, Romans 12, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, having every thought, you're taking every thought captive, um, all these ideas of, of what makes up the person, yeah. you know? Um, and some of those are feelings. And for me, I think pastorally, when I think through repent to change your mind um, and to believe what scripture says, most often feelings seem to be something that people might feel overwhelmed. And so they come in, they feel like they are not going to be okay. Um, and a lot of it is that they they either have an idol in their life that is not God is what it turns out and so they're hinging everything on their their ability to be okay they're hinging that on something outside of God um, or they're not reminding themselves of who God is and his role in their life and the amount of steadiness that brings a person is crazy and so pastorally one of the things I do a lot um, I had mentioned this to you before. I do it with high school girls. I do it with college girls. I do it with uh, grown women. Um, is that I have them make like a T on a piece of paper. And when they come in and they're just uh, in disarray about something. Or they come in because they just want advice about something. And, and they, they want a pastoral advice. And um, they'll say, here's what's going on. And I will tell them, I say, okay. Write down everything you're feeling on this part of this graph. 
they'll write down everything they're feeling. And then I said, okay, on the other side, I just want you to write down everything that is true. And, and you can only, I want you to try as much as you can to just use scripture here. <laughs> and we're going to walk through, and sometimes our feelings will be validated by scripture. And we can say, okay, so what you're feeling is appropriate. And then in the times where it's not, okay, so I'm feeling this, but it's, it's not lining up with scripture, and we believe scripture is true. So we need to trust, actively trust, and remind ourselves and surround ourselves with people who are going to remind us that this is the truth. And for me, over time, my feelings um, will shift and will change to line up with what yeah. is true. So it's not that my feelings are not always true. It's just that it's really important to think about them. Um, you had mentioned that anxious Christians, good, yeah, good news, news for anxious yeah. Christians. So I read yeah. that chapter, and the line he uses is, we need to think about our feelings. And I loved that idea. Like, that's part of repentance. That's part of being a Christian is you don't just think about your actions, right? Like we train our children to do, but we think about why do I think the way I think? Why do I feel the way I feel? Um, How do those things line up? So I think real quick, I just want to say, I I really like an example you used early on is people looking at their life and saying like, I feel overwhelmed. And I really think that's a great example because like it, A, removes this from where, again, it, it's a reminder, we're not exclusively talking emotions. I feel sad or I feel happy or I feel, it's, it's you're talking about not so much an emotion as much as something that seems like a, a reality that's happening to me. And, and I think a lot of times when we say, I feel overwhelmed, what I actually mean is what I think I mean is I am overwhelmed. Like when yes. we say I feel overwhelmed, we're taking something that I feel inside of me but that is my reality, is I am overcome by all the stuff that is mm-hmm. happening. I am overwhelmed by it. And, and I think that that's a good even example of, of kind of what, what we're talking about a little bit. I, I don't know if you, if you got thought on that, Jim. Well, I mean, yeah. It's, I, I think our language is um, we're recognizing that feeling is the one thing we can trust, the one thing that we can really believe. And I mean that for all of us. I don't mean that's like a part of us. I think I think there's just something that is just very personal about our feelings, obviously, right? And so they're the one thing that I almost really know, right? Yeah. Right? So I really know that I'm feeling this because I'm feeling it. Um, or I really, yeah, so let's just say that. And now I'm finding that people, if they, 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 they mean the word think, but they use the word feel. So I feel like I cannot do this. Yeah. Okay, that's not a feeling. No, but I really feel like I cannot go on doing this. I can't I really feel like I can't stay in this relationship. Mm-hmm. I really feel even the concept I, I really feel overwhelmed. Yeah. Basically what they're saying is I think I can't go on in this relationship. Yeah. It it's not Now feelings are attached with that. That's why I like yeah. I like your description Morgan about write your feelings and then write scripture. But sometimes it's even good to say, okay, let's talk about this. Let's. What do you mean you think you can't stay, you, you think you can't go on, or you think you can't stay at, at that job, or whatever it might be, right? I, I, can't, I don't think, I, I hear it a lot. I don't think I can stay in this relationship. Yeah, I mean, all the time, right? We hear it with, um, I don't know what, my, my child has gone wayward in this area, and I, I feel overwhelmed, I feel out of control, yeah. overwhelmed, don't know what to do. Yep. Um, I lost my dad um, to cancer. I don't know how to. I move feel like forward. I can't go I on. Fa- yeah, I mean, and we, it's, it's, it's really. All the time. I think I can't go on. Yes. And, yeah. and, I, and I like the idea. I like even though you said it. What they're really saying is, I am overwhelmed. Yeah. yeah. But they're saying they're saying I think 
that I cannot go on. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm, I'm not even, I, I think it's even great to use the word feel or think or even to recognize that we kind of use them interchangeably because uh, kind of a newer understanding that I'm, I'm actually coming to is to recognize the complexity of explaining what's going on inside of me. And I've never been able to separate my thoughts from my feelings and my feelings from my thoughts because my thoughts bring feelings and my feelings bring thoughts. So I kind of like it being more murky if that's okay, I, I've really, over the last few years, begun to say, okay, I, I think it's okay to say that. Um, you don't even have to apologize for that. I just think that you need to walk through this a little bit more intentionally and then ask some questions. What do you really mean when you say that? And that's kind of what you're doing, Morgan, with that great idea. These are your, these are your feelings. These, this is what Scripture says. Where do they match up? How do they, how do they line up? I just think our language is fuzzy because our thinking is fuzzy yeah. on this issue. Yeah, the question isn't we're not. The question is not invalidating what a person feels yep. or thinks. It's not. Yep. No, I, I really do believe that you yep. feel overwhelmed. Yep. I really think that feeling that you're not forgiven, that feeling like guys, I believe that that's a real thought slash feeling, feeling. inside of you. Yep. The question is, can we hold this up to? Can we can we think about our feelings? Can we think about our thinking for a second? Can we hold that thought up? And examine it for a yeah. little bit, and ask yeah. whether it's whether it's legitimate. Or yes, not. and and ask you know just hold it up to some scrutiny, and 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 maybe we find that this is pointing to something that is true and real, and maybe we find that it's not. But. And that's why I think we need to speak better about this. Okay, yeah. so I mean, probably in my past, um, I, I think the last three or four years have been pretty changing, uh, pretty substantial for me. But there probably has been a time in my past in which kind of how you began what we're not doing. Um, Emotions were flaky, and emotions were temporary, and emotions were, uh -huh. but but thinking was deeper and richer and purer. Um, and then the more that I have grown and tried to really understand, like how the scripture speaks about these things, or even how I think about these things, or culturally how we think about these things, and I began to realize like the Bible doesn't pit these things against one another, like I did. Um, so emotions, by the way, can be flaky. So can thoughts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had some pretty flaky ideas. So that's the part about it is that um, I, I think that we, even the concept of right, right now we live in a time where to feel is more authentic and to think is more uh, institutional. And I, 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 I want to challenge that. And I want to say uh, maybe, maybe we need to think about how we feel uh, in, a, in a different way, and to give greater even credibility as a starting point, if nothing else, as a starting point to say, okay, so how do you think or feel? Um, and then kind of begin from there. Do you think you say, you know, we're at a culture where I kind of at a place where to feel is more authentic. To, um, do you think, because I think the church has been guilty of doing what you talked about, I know I have, putting all the emphasis on thinking and right thinking and right doctrine and not worrying about feelings. But but do you think there's also evidences where we maybe contribute as a church to this idea of what I feel is most fundamental to me? Uh, I think and I'm thinking of like, I don't know if anybody, maybe maybe we're not contributing it. Maybe, maybe nobody is saying, I don't think anybody is saying this from the stage, but I, I can walk away from a church service and evaluate how well that church service was by whether I was feeling it. Yeah. Like, that's how I know it was good. Yes. I feel connected to God in yeah. that moment. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, did, I, uh, did I feel moved by the sermon? 
um, that I feel connected to what he was saying. And, and <laughs> that's such a complicated thing because that's not bad to have those things. And, yeah. and I ought to a little bit. Uh, I'll, I see your wheels turning a little bit. What do you think of Morgan? I, well, I, I would say like I used to probably evaluate whether that was a good service or not that way. Um, I remember Quan coming home from a... Um, Your son. My son, yeah. Coming home from a, a junior high event. I think it was um, Believe. And he he was like... And then we sang this song, and I cried. I cried when we sang this song. <laughs> he was like, like, man, what does that mean? You know, and whatever, you know. Or I get goosebumps. You'll hear people say things like that. Or, um, But I, as I've gotten older, I do believe... I believe our thoughts and our feelings are, are intertwined very, very much so, like what Jim was saying. But I would hope that as I get more of God's word inside of me, and as I choose to trust and obey God's word with more and more of myself, um, which means that I'm, I'm more evaluative of myself, and I put myself in, in, in relationships that are more that way with me, that my feelings, I still have just as strong feelings, but they really do line up more with yeah. scripture. And so I, I leave a service and I, um, I, I feel like it was a good service if what was preached is the truth. Uh. And I feel like it was a good service if, um, if, if there was, if, if the person up there preaching is, is preaching biblically, yeah. you know? And now that's, that's weird because then you think about like, well, sometimes I feel more convicted yeah. than other times. Which is a good is thing. Convicted, a... Is convicted a feeling? Yeah. I, I'm legitimately asking you. Yeah, or well, or is, is convicted yeah. a tangible yes, thing? It's a the feeling holy... thought. Yeah, it's, it's a feeling. A, it's thought. like, again, feeling. again if, we, if, we'll, if we don't just constrict the word feeling to emotion... But but yeah. like gut level, whatever gut level desire. interpretation or desire, yeah. then yeah, conviction is well, godly I'm sorrow, feeling. yeah, and I worldly feel, sorrow is yeah. what I go to, yeah. Um, so if the conviction is substantial, um, and leads to a change of thinking, a change of trusting, a a new committing that is more loyal to the Word of God, then that would be a proper feeling. Yeah, so you're you're saying like there's a sense of because it is it's like it, I should I should want to feel some level of connection sure. to God. Sure. I should want to feel conviction. I should want right. to feel warmth mm -hmm. uh, inside of my chest towards Jesus as we're talking about these things. Yep. But what you're almost talking about is this idea of like the the service. Uh, let's just say the 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 consistent involvement in a place where the word is being preached and we're singing songs to God that hopefully my feelings will catch up to that one day if they're not if I'm not feeling it every Sunday but the more I'm hearing these truths the more that's being confirmed in me and the more I begin to uh, feel a joy in them and the more yeah. I begin to feel excited about them and that kind of mm -hmm. stuff is that and if I don't then I then I ask myself why do not why do I not feel a joy with this um, Lord, help me feel a joy yeah. with this. See, but what um, Morgan's even I, describing there actually is like a deeper, a deeper feeling, or a deep, and which is connected to thoughts. Morgan wants maturity. 
she does. Uh-huh. And then in a, in a momentary moment, she might want something that is more immediate. Mm-hmm. And so what Morgan is describing is, is like a, I think even our feelings come in layers. So I can have like a, an immediate feeling of when my son uh, upsets me and I have a, an immediate feeling of anger that then comes behind it from an immediate uh, feeling of maybe even fear. Um, so he's done something wrong and now I'm afraid, wow, I hope this is not a part of his character. So I'm, I've got these layers of feelings and then behind that is I really love my son. <laughs> so I've got all of these feelings which have all of these things kind of attached to them and then that's where we kind of begin to sort it through. So when Morgan's describing like a service, she is longing for ultimately um, the ability for her to sit in services and to get things, to feel things, um, not necessarily contingent upon the way she was when she was 12 mm-hmm. or 18 or 26 or 32 or 43. I mean, that's kind of what happens is what we're describing is that our feelings, um, anger, fear, uh, or our uh, kind of our wants, because that's what you're, that's kind of what you're describing a little bit too, is kind of our wants. Yeah. Um, they, they, they evolve over time, or even if we stop and really think about it, they, they exist in layers, even as we walk through um, a particular thing. So when a person says, I really feel like God doesn't love me, that comes with a number of additional feelings. I feel afraid. Yes. I feel frustrated. I feel disappointed. Yes. I feel... So it's, it's, there's so many layers to this. And I think that's why a real conversation um, needs to happen in order for us to begin to dissect these things and uh, to kind of parse them out a little bit. Uh, I think about, uh, this is just kind of random, I don't know if this is connecting it with stuff, but I think about a story where Tim Keller talks about a a girl coming to him and she's really struggling with a lot of uh, self-esteem issues and self-worth issues, and she talks to him about, uh, she tells him about this boy that she loved and was in love with, this, this high school or junior high girl, but he doesn't love me back, and he likes this other girl, and and I feel like I don't have as many friends, and it's really shot you know, shot through me, and, and she just is, like, crushed. And Keller begins to take her to the gospel and goes, hey, but let me tell you what's true in regards to the gospel. And he starts walking through that Jesus loves you, loves you enough to die for you. God loves you enough to call you his daughter. Da, da, da. And she's just kind of <laughs> like, he gives this whole thing. He's like, you get that? And she's like, yeah. But I don't know, it still doesn't really... That doesn't really fix this. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. it's this it's this but idea. But I want that, Trevor. Yes. Like I want like, I want Trevor to love me, not yeah. Jesus to and, love me. Yeah, and it's it's this <laughs> idea that like the the creator of the universe values me, but there is a feeling inside of me that is attached yep. to the approval of people that yep. I cannot break myself out of even with this even with yep. this knowledge. Again, yep. it becomes more real to me than that. Yep. Well, that's why even as ministers, right? We can we can we, we get it. And so, quote unquote, on the stage or in the classroom or in our office when we're doing pastoral conversations with people, we can talk about the ideal. And then when I go, no, but what are you really? Yeah, I'm still really kind of struggling in my marriage. I'm really kind of struggling with whether or not my job is satisfying. I mean, we all kind of walk out. And then that's why pastors can look like they're doing one thing from the stage or one thing publicly. But then we all go home and we all have to wrestle with all the same things that everybody has to wrestle with. And that's what I find so fascinating to me is those guys that I have just really been admiring and they've been leading so well. 
Um, and then all of a sudden they crumble. It's like, what happened? It's not that their thoughts changed. It's just that in the end, what kind of caught up with them was what either what their heart wanted or what they couldn't let go of. Or in the end, they're kind of admitting what that girl's admitting to Keller. Like, I know that Jesus loves me. I really, really do. But in the end, I want to be loved by. Yeah. Right. I really want, and, I, and, and that's kind of what's missing, and that's kind of what breaks down. And I think that's what people are even describing when they're, when they're explaining how they're feeling, and they're frustrated, and they're broken, yeah. and they're dealing with some real spiritual problems, is because something is missing, and something is, is literally broken inside of them. Uh, so, I don't know, do you... Let me shift. I said at the beginning, I, I don't want this to come. I don't want this to be a, like, let's take shot at emotions and feelings. In fact, we really do f- find a value in God's word and in experience, and all those things that what I'm experiencing in a moment can be a good thing. Um, even if the experience, even if the feeling itself yeah. is a bad feeling, yeah. it yeah. can be a good thing. It can be rooted in something good. It can be, you know, so, so I don't know. What, what do you guys see like the value of emotions and my gut level feelings to things and how I am experiencing? Like, where, where is that good? Where is that something, I don't know, to chase or, or to value? Well, I, I think in a real, real simple way, um, I love the fact that it, sometimes it's good to even affirm like proper feelings. So a uh, young, young man in my office yesterday wants to get baptized and he looked at me and he said, uh, Jim, will I feel different? And I looked at him and I said, um, do you, how do you feel when you do something that really pleases your mom and your dad? And he says, I feel really good. And I said, then, yeah, you'll feel different because you know that this will please the Lord and you should feel good when you please the Lord. And he went, oh, I like that. <laughs> and so there really is a sense of kind of labeling that feeling. And so when you look at someone that is hurt or you see an injustice and you want to correct it, I think it's good to label that feeling as appropriate and right. Yeah, you don't need like a a biblical doctrine. Sometimes you just need the gut level. That's not just, that's not right. And that gut level is an okay thing. That's a true level. I see someone hurting and I have compassion for them. It's good to underline that and go, okay, my feeler's working because I'm feeling the right thing. When I see people that are hurting and I want to help them, like that is a, that's a healthy feeling. And I so to beginning, just off the positive, I don't think we label those feelings enough. I think we just kind of go, oh, well, yeah, but that's just normal. And I'm going, no, that's not normal for everybody. And I think it's good to underline it with our children um, that when you see someone hurting or you see someone sad and you have something inside of you that feels like I need to do something, that that empathy that you might have or that compassion that you might have or that love, that's love, right? That love that moves you towards them, that's good. And isn't that a good thing? And that's kind of what Jesus calls us to, and that's what God describes. I think we should begin by labeling those positive, uh, and, and by the way, it could be a, I'm really upset at an injustice. That's a positive feeling. <laughs> so a proper positive feeling, I think we need to label those and commend those and encourage those in one another and in ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think, too, God gave us feelings. This is part of being created in his image. Jesus cries. Jesus feels compassion. Jesus feels things. He feels um, anger, righteous anger. He feels a lot of things, and then he acts appropriately. And I think um, that's a lot, a big part of, too, um, when I have like a teenage girl coming in. I mean, let's just use Keller's girl as an example since she already gave it, you know. 
her feeling of like being unwanted and that being something that is a terrible feeling, that's that's a, a right feeling. To feel unwanted yeah. should make you feel terrible. Yeah. That's a yucky feeling. And Jesus felt terrible when he was rejected. Yeah. Like, I got to believe that. <laughs> you know, I don't think he was just like, this feels great as yeah. they're whipping him, you yeah. know, um, and betraying him. And, you know, but her where she was off is we, we actually also really believe that God, the God of the universe wanting us enough to send his son yeah. does satisfy us. Yeah. Whether we can wrap our heads around that, whether it makes a lot of sense, whether it conjures conjures up these um the rapid heartbeat like this other situation does in this moment at that at that point what i'm feeling in my body needs to needs to begin to line up with this other truth and so there's a part of you that's feeling the right thing and there's a part of that feeling that is completely misplaced that will only find satisfaction and fulfillment in christ um or in the word of god and that's that is really what it comes down to is I find the most of my repenting and choosing to trust and obey what scripture says has to do with my feelings um, and my thoughts. And so people can see me on the outside and go, wow, Morgan makes a lot of godly choices. Wow. She's super mature. She's super grown. Wow. She's been following the Lord for a long time. Sure. Yeah. But there's a lot of battling that goes on inside me. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, my actions kind of show it first. I'm obedient on the outside, and as I'm, you know, but I also have to put this into practice. I remember you, you preaching in Galatians about the fruit of the spirit, and I, and I remember thinking, like, how do I know, like, sanctification, and how do we know these things, and how can we know that we become more like Jesus, and all this stuff? And you said, whenever it says so to the spirit, it's saying practice these things. Hmm. Those are all feelings, like those are all emotion, you know. Practice yeah. all of those things, yeah, and put those into practice. And the more that you put those into practice, the more the spirit like gives that to you. And so I, I want to put, when I don't feel like I am wanted, I want to put believing this into practice. So I'm going to write that scripture on my mirror and I'm going to choose to believe it. I'm going to, whatever I need to do, you know, I told Jim right now, I'm just not wearing makeup because I studied beauty and it said that it's really not on the outside. It's on the inside and I feel ugly. And so what I'm going to do is instead of trying to make my body look completely different, I'm going to look, what does scripture say about beauty? Oh, it talks about the inside of you being substantially more important than the outside look of you. So I'm going to write verses and put on my mirror and I'm going to choose to not wear makeup for a week. So every time I see myself, I can say, yeah, Morgan, like a gentle and quiet spirit. The Lord loves that. Did you put on love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control? Like that is why you're beautiful. You're created in the image of God and that's what it is. And I have to tangibly do that all the time. Yeah. I just don't always tell everybody that's, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, that's interesting because what you're doing there is actually you're doing physical things. Yes. It's not saying that if I, I'm, I'm wearing, I'm not wearing makeup because that's a more spiritual thing to do. But no. what you're doing is you're doing a physical thing to lead an emotive thing or yes. to lead an actual an actual belief thing. Yes, to lead I have the way to. you think. Yeah. But where this gets to be a kicker, okay? Don't mean to rain on your parade. <laughs> oh, no, but gosh. This, no, but this is where Morgan will always... I think we're done with the always, podcast. Uh, I'm just is, kidding. This I'm is just where kidding. Morgan will always win, right? Because she has these feelings, but really she's got a feeling behind those feelings that really wants to please the Lord. Yeah. And so she'll win. Well... So she'll... she'll fig- no, you will. You'll figure it out. What do you do when this person says, like... I heard that same sermon, and I didn't want to sow the Spirit. Like, I've got, I don't feel like I want to do that. I'll just be honest with you, Morgan. I don't, I don't want that. 
I have no desire to do those things. Um, and I, and I, I just feel dead inside and I don't want that. Yeah. And that's the one, see, that's why it's interesting is, is that you're still, you're still using this desire, this want, which is a motive. It's got an emotive connection to it mm-hmm. and it's down deep inside. It's, but what happens when that's not there? I think well, but, that's where it gets ahead. really, 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 really complicated. Yeah. I'm going to say two things to that. I think first is this is where we, again, that that confirms what we're saying of feelings being good, where sure. we go, that is a really crappy feeling and a great window into your heart, possibly, which is what feelings are designed to do. And yeah. so, I mean, I... And and then once we get down there, then I may not I may not have much for you, but I think it, it gives me at least okay. That's that's a letting you see something that's real. Here's what I would say is that I do think there's still some level at which we what what Morgan is doing is she is by the physical act she is training her heart yep. to want the right things, and so there is some level where he go where the guy goes I don't want to sow to the spirit. And I go, okay, there's, there's one of two possibilities. Either that feeling is, is showing me that you do not have a regenerate heart made new by the Holy Spirit. Exactly. Which, yes. is, which is go, okay, thank you for that feeling to help yep. reveal this truth in yep. you. Yep. Yep. Or, or maybe you do and something has kind of died off, in which case what you do is you sow to the Spirit. And you, yeah. begin, to, you begin to do the things that you don't feel yep. yet in order to begin to gain some yes. of the feelings that goes with That's exactly with what it. I was going to say, both of those you things. You know, this is the, the C.S. Lewis I always go back to. If, if, if you're trying to figure out how to love someone, like if you hate somebody and you know you're supposed to love your enemies, the best thing you can do is act like you love them. Act like you love them. And, and watch the feelings begin to follow. He was writing in the middle of World War II and says that, you know, the Nazis may have hated the Jewish people, but their treatment of them only fueled the hatred. The yep. more you treat someone the way you treated them, the more your feelings follow that. Yep. And what, what's happening in people, right, including us, we're people. So this isn't just the yeah. people listening. This yeah. is us. Is what happens when you find yourself at a roadblock at square one? Yeah, you know that's the that's that becomes the difficult part. That's what when I have people in my office and they're really stuck. They're stuck because they feel right, and it's a thought feeling that they they can't do that. Yeah, right. Like it, and, and that's the part that I think at least we have to. Uh, empathize. We have to understand kind of where they're coming from. And I, I like your, I mean, I think your answer is really, really good, but that's where, that's what people mean when they're going like, I, I can't go beyond my feeling. Yeah, It's because they don't know how to get the motivation yeah. to change their want, which is somewhat emotive, right? Yeah, like that's, it's, 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 yeah. it's easy for you to there do is. it, Morgan, because you want to be a godly woman, right? But what if I don't want to be a godly yeah. woman, but I still but I can't. I have a hard time saying that because the problem is, is that um, I feel like I'm going to disappoint my family, and I feel, and all these things come like weighing down upon somebody, and they're trying to. How do you get that first domino to click yeah. Yeah. when you don't feel it? There is a that's, deep resolve. That's the trap. There is a deep resolve that this is true. This has to be true. And so, even in moments, there might be fleeting moments where I want something else. Um, more than I want to be a, a godly woman, but I, I still, I trust this is true. And so in those moments, it's like, then my feelings are wrong. My heart's wrong. 
So I, I need to act on this. Yep. And that is a resolve. I mean, that's a resolve I've come to. And, yeah. but I also think but that that's if even, I, I would even argue that's a, I would even argue now, again, this is where it gets interesting. I'm going back a little bit to the, to the Jamie Smith stuff about you are what you love. Yeah. I was um, thinking about that. Which too. is somewhat of an emotion, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the part where I've actually been surprised by how much I need to be, I need to admit that there is a deep love I have in the center of me. Um, that I believe is kind of from the spirit yes. that pulls me towards the spirit. And so when someone looks at me and they just don't have a desire for that, I don't know, I don't know how to get them to think through that to fix it. I don't even know how to get them to feel through that to fix no. it. Um, so, you know, that's, that's the part I'm, I'm, I'm really realizing that there is some value in recognizing it and an argument isn't going to fix it. Like yeah. that's where rationality and thinking cannot win is, is when you get down to that core. That's where, yeah. And you know, that's, that's where, again, I think I go back to going, there could be, a, it really can be a legitimate sign that the Holy Spirit is not working in a person. If yep. they have no desire to follow Jesus, yep. that's. Yep. G- biblically a decent sign, yeah. you know what I mean? Which then, is a really scary thought to me. Yeah. But to someone who, like, in which the Holy Spirit is not working, it probably is not a scary yeah. thought, <laughs> but, you know? It's, it's probably But again, just... if, if sometimes that, to, to uh, I don't know if this is the best way to say it, but if in some ways maybe the Spirit is in you, but you've made those feelings dormant, you know, yes. a lot of what, back to my other thing I said, is a lot of what James Smith's uh, point in You Are What You Love is we always believe uh, actions follow feelings. Yeah. So I do this thing because I want to. I yep. do this. I eat healthy because I naturally want to eat healthy food, and I exercise because I naturally want to exercise. And part of his point of you are what you love is actually that's true, but also feelings follow actions. Yeah. And so I eat healthy because I want to eat healthy, but the reason I wanted to is because I started to eat healthy before I wanted to. Yeah. I trained my, I trained my desires towards that. Here, uh, an interesting thing. Ed Welch tells this story, a writer I really like, and he talks about how he was in a period of prayer where it felt like God was just distant. And, you know, there's times where you're praying and it feels like your prayers are just bouncing off the ceiling. And, and he confessed this to a friend. I mean, I'm trying to pray, but it feels like God is just distant, like he's not hearing my prayers. I don't feel close or connected to him. And if someone comes to me and says that, I've always got these really cool, like, you know, hey, life is sometimes God, it's a dark night of the soul. And sometimes (laughs) we struggle in the dark night of the soul to really wrestle with how much do we really want him? And and are you going to keep, you know, and his friend's answer, I just thought was at first so uh, I don't know, too easy, but then I thought brilliant. And his friend's answer was, well, have you tried praying in faith? Uh, <laughs> uh, he just meant like, have you tried just choosing to believe what the Bible yeah, says? By, yeah, yeah, that that's, God that's hears you even if you don't think he hears you. Have you tried uh, that even if you feel distant, have you tried having faith to believe that he's actually near you because that's what the Bible says? Yep. And I, I was like, man, I have so often skipped past that answer. Have you tried listening to what the Bible says about this in- instance? You know what I mean? And just well, and I'll tell you, it's, it even really reminds us, I think, part of the difficulty. So going back to your beginning question about doing it pastorally, I think the part that is difficult is we've maybe gone too quickly through even the concept of what conversion is. Mm. And so there's a lot of people that look at us who we've told them they're converted, maybe because they've had a thought process, mm-hmm. right? So we've convinced them of the... The, the thoughts, uh, right, of the, of the faith. And then they're going, but I just don't want it. 
Like I want, I want, I want this guy, not Jesus. Um, I really want to be popular. I don't want to be faithful. I really want, and I don't want, and 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 that's why I think it, it might be good for us to have conversations about feelings and thoughts, mm. to maybe discover that conversion did not take place, mm. right? Um, even in our own hearts, to realize, like, wow, what is what is it that I truly love and feel and think and right that i think i think that's a big part of the whole process um I, anything you guys like recommendations like how do when when a person is like feels stuck i mean I just this is just how i feel i feel overwhelmed i feel like i'm not valuable i feel like i'm unforgiven i feel you know I feel like living this way, even though I know I shouldn't. Like what I loved, Morgan, what you talked about, like the little yeah. T diagram. That's and great. Just, we're going to write what I feel because we're not going to try to ignore it and pretend that I don't actually feel that. We're going to yeah. write all the things that I feel, and then we'll write out scriptures on the other. We're going to write out what is true using yep. the scriptures. What is true. And I love you even said, and what we're going to do is we're going to compare them, and we're going to find that some of your feelings are validated, and they were actually right. And then we're going to, and then we're going to see that some of them weren't. And I love that. I love that idea. I think that's so great. Any, anything else you, you, you guys would add to that that you, you found helpful in your own life or with other people? Well, I, I would say that one of the number one things to do is to, uh, to have a conversation with someone else that you trust. Um, I, I, you need help to feel these things out or think these things out or think, feel these things out. Um, and so not that you can't do it on your own. I, I would just say that if you find yourself somewhat at the end of your rope, when you find yourself really in a, at some level, at a, in a desperate state of feeling or thought, because I guarantee you, your desperation has a ton of thoughts that are wrapped up in it. I really think it's important to talk to somebody. I really think it's good to, to talk to someone that you actually, like someone that you trust, someone that you trust that can come alongside and to do what Morgan just said. Yeah, the more time I think I sometimes spend, if I hold oh. it in, the more time I just spend down in my own thoughts and down in my own feelings without ever putting them out for someone else to evaluate them mm -hmm. and go, yeah, I, I can affirm that. Or Drew, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. But you've just been swimming in that thought for so long that you can't see that it's crazy anymore. Yeah. Like I, the more time I spend alone just evaluating my own thoughts and feelings by my own thoughts and feelings. Well, uh, I, had, I had someone call me the other day, and uh, this, this person was really struggling with the decision. And, and they used the phrase, and I feel really guilty. And I said, oh, did you do something wrong? And they went, well, no. But my mom is making me feel guilty about it. Oh, so you don't think what you did was right. No, no, no. I'm totally convinced that what I did was right. Then I would say, then guilt's not the right feeling. So what do you really feel? And this person went, huh, I guess I feel bad that it's causing a problem with my mom, but I don't feel, you're right. I do think I did was, and it was so interesting how when, when we were just kind of talking through it, it, it's not that the feeling, but guilt makes her feel bad. But the more that she would begin to think about it, she could feel bad because there was a relational strain that yeah. was existing. But, but, she guilt, was ha but she also was able to have courage to do the right thing. Yes, and, but guilt was not the right label for it. Yeah. And so I think that's the value of, and I, I, I've learned this even myself in, in the COVID tide, is that I can't just sit in myself. Mm. I really need to surround myself with other people who can help me think my feelings with me. So Biblically. I, I, biblically. And so that's... Yeah, I don't just, uh, yeah, that, that'd be a whole other podcast about where do you go in times of yeah. trouble. <laughs> That's what I think I would have said is, I think I would have just said, in order to do that T thing, 
you have to know what goes on, what is true, the side of what is true. So I would just say um, to memorize as much scripture as you can, to be in the word as much as you can. And the more that you're in it, the more it's on your heart, the easier it is to line those things up, to catch it quicker, like that you're feeling something that doesn't line up or that what you're feeling is is in fact affirmed through what scripture says. Um, and you actually told me to do this a, a while back. I, I found that like if you f- experience a feeling over a long period of time, like during quarantine, people ex- it seemed like people were experiencing the same feeling over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like anger was one I, we would hear yeah. a lot. I, I felt like a couple months ago, or maybe three months ago or something, I just felt like I was angry all the time. I was like, why am I angry? Like, everything makes me angry. And you said, whenever I'm, like, overwhelmed by a feeling like that, I just write down, like, everything I'm angry about and try to figure out what is the actual source of this yeah. and then compare that yeah. to, like, is there a need to be repentance? Yes. What am I thinking needs to change? Um, and so that's kind of what I did. It's like the doctor will tell you, um, oh, you're having stomach pains. I want you to write down everything you eat this week and then mark when you're having the stomach pains. And let's see if we can figure out what that is. Okay, I want to, you're really, really overwhelmed with sadness. I want you to write down everything that you're sad about, everything that makes you sad. And then let's think about why it is. It just, it takes some reflection. I would say don't be, um, don't like just be rash and, and have all of your actions be out of emotion and out of feeling. I said, I would. I would reflect on them um, as much as you can. And then you memorize scripture. So I, I would memorize James where it says, my dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Um, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, for human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. And every time I was angry, before I let something come out of my mouth, I would say that to myself. And I, and I would say that to myself over and over and over again. And then I started to, to memorize, you know, and then I realized some of that anger came from jealousy. And jealousy is a sin. Like the Bible doesn't say there's ever a time that je- this jealous, you know, jealousy of um, this person's stuff, this coveting of what they have is okay. So I memorized scripture on that. And I, every time, you know, and you just keep fighting it over and over and over and over it. And it produces freedom a- in you, you know, to... Yes. To, to have union with Christ, you know, and experience him. So That's good. Uh, man, we, we would encourage you to do just what was just mentioned, man, if, uh, to let your feelings be good gifts from the <coughs> Lord. Amen. Good gifts that, that allow you to experience his goodness and his joy and, and also tell you when something's wrong in you. And then also, uh, man, hold those feelings up to the truths of Scripture. Hold those feelings up to godly friends and ask them to evaluate those things in you. Uh, man, if you've, got, if you've got some things you need to bring before somebody, uh, we are always, our, our staff, we, we want to talk. We want to talk about uh, the things we're thinking and feeling and how those fit with what Jesus tells us. Uh, until next time, we'll see you then.